Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Hello and welcome to today's Medicinal Monday. I'm Dr. Susanna Alter. And I'm Dr. Ben. And we're both naturopathic doctors who empower individuals to heal themselves through whole food, plant-based nutrition and mind-body medicine. So today we're excited to talk about passing gas, uh, (laughs) farting. We get questions all the time about people and their flatulence or flatus. Um, and some people are worried about it. Some people, you know, obviously experience an, an enhancement of flatulence as they move into more fiber-rich, whole food, plant-based eating. So here in this conversation, we're going to talk about the good gas versus the bad gas and how to um, support ourselves in minimizing gas production. Uh, but just I guess to start start us off, the the answer to this question, does farting mean I'm unhealthy, is emphatically no. Farting is totally normal. Everyone does it. And it's really, as we'll talk about and discuss in more greater detail, just a byproduct of the natural digestive process, specifically fermentation by our gut microbes that are living inside of our digestive tract, breaking down those fibers, also the other nutrients like proteins and amino acids and whatnot, so yeah. we can support that in happening more efficiently. Right. And and I just want to clarify too, you use the word fermentation and you use it in the context of the normal healthy breakdown of fiber in our colon. Now, sometimes people hear fermentation and they also think bad fermentation. And yeah, there is also bad fermentation that mm-hmm. happens higher up in the digestive tract. So um, so we're talking about healthy fermentation when we're talking about healthy gas. <laughs> yes. Fermentation <laughs> is what our microbes do. They ferment all the food elements, uh, specifically in the context of whole food plant-based eating, which is a fiber-rich diet. They're fermenting fibers. Um, Now, gas production, you know, excessive gas production, I would say, is the consequence of overwhelming those microbes that are living in our guts with high amounts of fiber. So we always say if someone goes from a quote-unquote standard American diet, 15, 20 grams of fiber or less, to 70, 80, 90, 100 grams of fiber overnight, for sure, we're going to have some serious gas production. And even if they transition over the course of weeks or months, 
that transition will involve more gas production. You know, and just a quick tangent, Dr. Suzanne and I, we're in the midst of the Alter Health Winter Cleanse. Through this cleanse, we are eating more fiber-rich foods than even we are used to. You know, normally our fiber intake is like 90, 100 grams. Maybe it's more like 120 grams this week. And yes, there has been a little bit more gas, Yes. Um, more bowel movements. And we'll talk about bowel movements and gas and, and all these kind of things. But the point being, whenever our, our microbiome is obviously such a dynamic ecosystem. So anytime we put in a different product in the, in the mouth, it's going to lead to a different experience in the gut, um, often involving some gas production. Now, we always say that that gas production ideally is not stinky. It's just kind of like air. Uh, and also, it's not painful. You know, there's no cramping and like twisting feeling and those like uh, digestive pains. And thirdly, it shouldn't be associated with like irregular bowel habits, specifically constipation, diarrhea. We should have healthy bowel movements with our gas. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if your farts have all of those qualities that Ben just talked about in terms of, you know, they're not, not smelly, you have good regular bowel habits, you don't have any abdominal or digestive symptoms, then that's that, you know, good healthy farting that we're talking about here. <laughs> now, exactly. So we'll, at the end, we're going to give some tips and tricks for uh, minimizing even the good healthy farting so that we can, you know, not be so rude at our dinner party. But, <laughs> uh, but um, anyways, don't want to digress. Uh, but first, let's talk about maybe the unhealthy gas, the unhealthy, stinky stuff that might uh, sometimes be associated with more cramping and bloating and also irregular bowel habits. Um, so that's the unhealthy gas is really a, a byproduct of the putrefaction or putrefaction of proteins, otherwise known as really more specifically amino acids that are broken down by our gut microbes. Um, so our carbohydrate fermentation, our fiber, fiber is a carbohydrate, fiber fermentation creates short chain fatty acids, often termed postbiotics in the gut, which are really healing anti-inflammatory compounds essential for optimal gastrointestinal health, but also the prevention of so many chronic conditions. Mm -hmm. um, the, the breakdown of proteins creates some of these short chain fatty acids, but also all sorts of other metabolites such as phenols, amines, indols, thiols, carbon dioxide, hydrogen gas, as, as well as hydrogen sulfide gas. Um, so these, these, these compounds, these metabolites that are broken down are, are a result of the putrefaction of uh, amino acids by our microbes in the gut lead to more kind of toxic pathological conditions. And also it's uh, these, uh, these gases are more stinky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Should we talk about some of the circumstances where where uh, more proteins and more of these foods can putrefy? Because of course, you know, it depends on what we're eating, but it also depends on the status of your digestive health. For sure. So yeah. when we're talking about digestive health, we're obviously talking about, you know, the, the whole from the mouth or actually the brain, the mouth, 
the esophagus, the stomach, the small intestine, the large intestine, the anus. And, uh, you know, so you're talking about how, like, you know, just chewing our food, Mm -hmm. proper hydrochloric acid production in the stomach, proper motility through the esophagus and lower esophageal sphincter into the into the stomach, um, proper churning and and digestive enzyme production in the stomach and by the pancreas into the small intestines. Um, So, yes, for sure pancreatic insufficiency, insufficiency of digestive uh, enzymes can lead to more putrefaction, putrefication of these amino acids. But but really, the message, and there is science to back this up, I was sorting through some studies earlier today, um, that high protein diets are a strain on our digestive system because proteins take more digestive energy and enzymes to break down compared to uh, carbohydrates. Um, so as a result, we're, the more protein we eat, the more putrefaction there is in the, in the bowel. And the more putrefaction there is in the bowel, the more of these metabolites are created and potentially the more of those uh, you know, stinky farts are a result as well as other, you know, conditions, of mm-hmm. course. Definitely. Yeah. Um, maybe this is TMI. I remember, I remember the stinkiest fart I've ever smelled come out of my body. It was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> and a series of them. It was Do you after, remember your stinkiest it was, fart? It was after spending time at tennis camp. And I remember thinking, you know, at tennis camp, we're, we're freaking playing tennis from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep. And I remember thinking, I need to eat a lot of meat because I need to refuel. And I, you know, I need more protein. And, you know, I was in like middle school or high school or something. I remember um, going on a road trip. My, my, my family picked me up from tennis camp and we immediately went on a road trip. And the poor family, my, my, my poor family, the, the whole entire trip, it was just like, one stinky fart after another. And I felt so bad. And now that I understand how putrefaction of these proteins, these hard to digest proteins works in the gut, I now see, ah, that makes sense. That makes sense why that was happening that week. Yeah. And this, this naturally leads us. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that beautiful story. I could only just put myself in that vehicle. Um, Now this leads us to talk about transit time, which is an important part of this equation. I think you're kind of alluding to the healthy digestive process. And when we're talking about transit time, it's of course the time it takes for for the food to go through our mouth and out into the toilet. And a lot of people don't have any idea how long that process is for them. No idea. They think, oh, well, I'm pooping every day. So maybe my transit time is probably a day, you know, 24 hours. In actuality, normal transit time, normal, not healthy. Normal transit time is anywhere from two to four days. This is not healthy. Two to four days, um, sometimes much longer than four days. So four days it takes to, for the food to go into your mouth outside the other end. Healthy transit time is actually about a day or less. Uh, 12 hours, 24 hours, 36 hours is, is still considered healthy by, by many people. But once we're getting in past 36 into like 48 hours, two days and more, um, more problematic. So, of course, um, there's, there's ways to enhance this transit time. The best way is to eat a fiber-rich, whole food, plant-based diet that is filled with those uh, natural fibers. And of course, avoiding the, the 
the the rapid increase of fiber uh, ingestion going from like 20 grams to 100 grams overnight, not recommended, but it's not going to kill you. Um, but, you know, just increasing more slowly can be more graceful, can lead to a great, more graceful transition of that microbiome. Um, but also the important things for enhancing transit time, hydration, huge, of course, fiber and hydration really go hand in hand. The more fiber we're eating, the more water we need to be drinking in order to move that along in our gastrointestinal tract. Um, of course, movement, you know, walking, exercising, very important for bowel regularity. And then maybe the most underrated thing that we can do for our colon transit, our bowel transit time is just be in a state of relaxation. We always say that stress literally shuts down peristalsis. It, it stops the, uh, it's, it stops the, 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 the gut tube from doing its thing. Um, so we, of course, want to be in a state of rest and relaxation, parasympathetic nervous system state, uh, rest and digest, right? Um, so that's where we want to be, of course, when we're not running around and, and, and uh, you know, meeting the demands of what we need to do in our daily life. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I just want to add, you know, a lot of people when when we're talking about passing gas and farting, um, a lot of people also think about, well, what about other symptoms of gas like bloating? And we get a lot of questions from from people, clients who are wanting to optimize digestion, they might say, you know, I don't have that much gas, but I've got a lot of bloating and my belly always looks like I'm a little pregnant. And, you know, what what's up with that? And, and, you know, we're not really focusing on that in this episode here. But that can certainly be a sign just to kind of point you maybe to some other podcast episodes, it could be a sign of suboptimal digestion, whether that's hypochlorhydria in the stomach, whether there's some pancreatic insufficiency or sluggish liver, whether there's some dysbiosis, there's an imbalance of the microbes. And it's all, you know, a lot of those are connected with one another. So, um, so this is also something that can also lead to the whole gassy kind of picture. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, what we're really talking about today is especially for, well, first, I want to say that eating whole food plant-based will help reverse all of those issues. So that's great. That is the way to really optimize your microbiome, mm. your diversity of the microbiome to optimize your digestive functioning. Um, but really in this podcast episode, you know, one thing that I, that I really want to focus on is for those individuals who are in the process of shifting over to whole food plant-based eating, who are experiencing a little bit more gas, let's talk about how we can mitigate it. Let's talk about how we can really yeah. support you and easing that transition. In addition to hydration, movement, rest, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is where we love to bring in the topic of carminative herbs, for example. Carminative herbs are herbs that have uh, volatile oils that help break. They literally go in there. These oils break gas bubbles that are forming in the gastrointestinal gastrointestinal tract. Um, so these uh, carminative herbs are things like mint is a really powerful, popular one for digestion. Um, also cardamom. Uh, cumin, cinnamon, fenugreek. Uh, A lot of our culinary herbs have these carminative uh, properties. So that's why, uh, I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, you think about like uh, uh, a lot of uh, Hispanic foods, a lot of beans, a lot of frijoles. And of course, beans are high fiber foods that lead people to have more gas. But in 
traditional cuisine and cooking and preparation of these beans, of course they're pressure cooked um, or, or cooked very long periods of time at least. And also they're cooked with all sorts of carminative herbs that um, help our bodies to break down those gas bubbles that are forming, lead to a more graceful digestive process. Yeah. Are so there any other things? Carminatives are very helpful. And then, you know, just, just bringing us back to something you mentioned briefly earlier in the call, um, slowly easing into the fiber content. Mm -hmm. And so if there are foods that you know bring more gas, like whether it's beans or whether it's broccoli, then ease into them. Think of yeah. it as a fiber supplement. Um, you know, start, I was, I was, um, hearing someone, um, the other day having this idea of, oh, well, I'm, I have this issue with beans. I'm going to make a bean dip and essentially, um, ease into it. Have one spoonful one day, have two spoonfuls the next day, yeah. three spoonfuls the next day. That's how your microbiome will slowly adapt to the increased amount of fiber and the unique fibers that you're bringing in with these new foods. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Can't believe we kind of jumped over that topic um, because, yeah, a lot of people have identified the problematic foods that leads to more gas and bloating. So there's this natural resistance, whether it's black beans or chickpeas or broccoli or Brussels sprouts, whatever it is. It's like, I'm not going to eat those foods because I know I'll be, you know, I, I don't want to uh, offend the people that I might be in the car with or whatever. Um, but rather than completely avoiding those foods, yes, the the healthier approach is to in, uh, introduce those foods more mindfully in a controlled fashion, because the fact that we have trouble breaking down the fibers from those foods indicate that we have some deficiency of microbes that we need to help diversify the population. Because of course you, you hopefully, you know, by now, if you don't, you can go back and, and listen to some other episodes about digestive health, but a healthy digestive system the fundamental, most important thing is a diverse microbiome. And the only way to diversify that microbiome, the, the population and species, the microbes unique to you, is by bringing in a diversity of whole plant fibers on your plate mm -hmm. or at the end of your fork. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, the last last tip is that, you know, if you're also feeling like you just need a little bit of um, of support in your digestive capacity, um, this is where things like digestive bitters can be helpful because digestive bitters help your stomach to secrete the proper balance of hydrochloric acid so that you're digesting the food in the stomach and you're taking less work off of, you know, the downstream stream organs. Yeah. If your if your stomach isn't able to properly do what it's designed to do because of lack of hydrochloric acid, then you're just setting yourself up for issues downstream. Yeah, that's a really good point. So moral of the story here is that gas is okay. Don't freak out about gas because maybe freaking out about gas creates more stress. And oh, I wanted to share my anecdote um, story. <laughs> we uh, all have them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know that when I have more stinky gas, it's when I'm feeling more stressed. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes like, you know, Susanna will always ask me like, what did you eat? <laughs> and like, what did you eat that was different? Why am I spilling your gas? And the, like we eat pretty much the same thing oftentimes, you know, so I know that it's nothing that I'm eating. It's just how I'm eating. I'm eating oftentimes maybe in a more stressful state of mind, more busy, not optimally digesting, breaking down stuff. So there's more putrefaction, more fermentation, and those microbes are a little bit overwhelmed as a result. Um, so 
So yeah, moral of the story is that gas is totally natural and okay. It should be odorless. It shouldn't be associated with any sort of uh, change in bowel habits, at least in, in the long term. Um, also, it shouldn't be painful. Um, so yeah, and we can deal with it by optimizing digestive, digestive processes, bringing in those carminative herbs, maybe digestive bitters, and uh, have a more harmonious relationship in our gut ecosystem. Yes. Yeah. So wrapping up, just a quick announcement that actually tomorrow night, we will be hosting our very first mm -hmm. Alter Health supporters call. This is a private Zoom call where all those who support Alter Health on our local site will be invited to come onto this private Zoom call and we'll answer whatever questions you have. Yeah, and just kind of share an hour together and connect. Uh, so if you're not a local supporter, you can do so by going to alterhealth.locals.com forward slash support. Uh, also, you can just head over to alterhealth.locals.com and hang out there and post in our uh, community. And we intend to be more active over there and engaging in that because that is the way that we're transitioning off of the Facebook metaverse <laughs> into something that's more healthy and sustainable for us all. So we look forward to staying connected. And thanks for tuning in as always. Bye P for now. Peace and love.